CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, Brian David Marshall here for Top 8 Magic. Uh, no Michael J. Flores this week, he is back home in New York, but uh, I've got special guest, Gabe Carlton Barnes. Hey Gabe. Howdy. Um, I am just as interested in talking about NBA basketball as Michael J. Flores, so I hope you're all going to enjoy this. <laughs> did you see Damian Lillard's shot in the playoffs? I, I, you... I did. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Are you more excited about Lillard, or is Michael J. more excited? About LeBron? About LeBron. I mean, it's really tough. That's really tough. I'm a little bit excited about LeBron. I loved him when he was in Cleveland, and I hated him when he left, and now, just like everyone else, I'm, I'm super excited to see him back there again. I went to college just outside Cleveland, you know, so right. I got a little bit of an So you can, you can claim a little, a little enthusiasm. A, a little homerism? Yeah. Uh, super excited about Damian Lillard, though, because the Trailblazers for years and years and years have, like, struggled to have, like, a point guard, and we've needed someone with, like, that killer instinct, pissed off competitiveness that he has, is awesome to watch. Yeah. When we're down and he gets pissed and he starts like attacking the basket or just like jacking up threes from mid- midcourt and making them, so much fun. <laughs> the the J.R. Smith factor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, J.R. Smith factor, only much less insane. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, he is uh, apparently terrified of statues. <laughs> Damien Lillard? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard this. Yeah. <laughs> So then he needs to earn a statue. Yes. So he can be scared of himself. Fear. Scared of himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So actually, we're not going to talk that much about <laughs> NBA basketball because there was a pretty big magic announcement today. I know this is the worst. It's like uh, this week I'm, I'm having a really great time, but I'm super busy. I have like you know I'm working the PTs here in Portland. All these people I know here from out of town, so I'm like running all over the place. And then I get up in the morning and I just have like all these emails on all the lists I'm part of, all these Facebook posts. People are tweeting about all this stuff and I want to read it, but I, I got to go to work. So like I'm at work, you know, I take my uh, morning constitutional and I'm in there for 15 minutes reading articles, <laughs> right? Because I, I got to know, I got to know what's going on. Um, yeah, I just got a chance to start reading the article about Grand Prix, but obviously the big change is the... The, pre, the introduction of the pre-DQ. Right, you coined this, right? Uh, somebody else coined it too on Facebook, I just saw. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think but you coined it this morning. I well, coined it this morning. I, I believe it's time-stamped <laughs> on your mailing list <laughs> the before that fa- Facebook uh, post. Yeah, yeah, uh, which allows us to say one less letter. Some people are saying PTQQ. I don't know, or PTQQUEU. Of Q, uh, like a line? Yeah. Yeah, that's confusing to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 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 that's pretty yeah. good. Uh, well, you could just spell it out. <clears throat> Maybe it's like a P-T-Q-U-E-U. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to call them. <laughs> How could it not catch on? Uh, yeah, so... Um, so let's. I mean, I, I mean, I think everyone who's possibly listening to this podcast is probably aware of this change. But basically, there are no more PTQs as we've come to know them yeah. for close to twenty years mm-hmm. of trying to get to the Pro Tour. Yeah. So instead, now you go to your local store. There will be some thirty-one hundred of these of these like pre-TQs, yeah. which are going to be like essentially 40, 50 person tournaments. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intention, I think. Right. At, uh, at advanced game stores. Yeah. And by winning one of these, you qualify for your regional PTQ, essentially. Yeah. 
and regional PTQs will cut to a top eight. Four times a year. Four times a year, right, yeah. for each Pro Tour. Yeah. They'll, they'll all be on the same day, uh -huh. which is gonna be interesting to see how people react, how, how people program against those. Like, will there be Star City and TCG Player Opens on, oh, right. on regional Four. PTQ weekend? I, oh, will, so that everyone else can play, you're thinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Will there be some sort of last chance qualifiers? Mm. I don't think so. It seems inevitable they would have something. <laughs> Look at you. you Look at you. You're you like, oh, an LCQ. You mean, oh, you mean Nothing. a longer shot? You're like, oh, a longer shot? You're telling me? There's more glamour in you're the You're telling me I could Damien up. Lillard? Exactly. <laughs> a PTQ? Uh, a pre-TQ. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the... And then, I, so if it's 128 people, you get eight slots. If it's less, you get four slots. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I imagine these are all going to be... I imagine certainly North America. I'm hard-pressed to imagine that these aren't going to be 128 people. And that people aren't going to even set up message boards to some extent to, like... Make sure you get to one. Yeah, you want to make sure, right? Like, well, Yeah, because if you qualify, you can go to anyone. Right. Yeah, so I feel like there might be some situation where, like, people are like, that one's pretty isolated, dude. It's going to be small. Like, let's go shark it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the one in the northwest, you know, let's say, hypothetically, it becomes like a 200, 250-person event. All of a sudden, it's advertising that you one trip. It's like a grand event. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, so, here's the thing. If the PTQ, the classic one-shot PTQ, is truly going the way of the Dodo, there's a lot of history that's now going to be set in stone. All right? Ooh! So, so... In my in the Michael J. Flores mode, I have to do some self-aggrandizing. I believe at this time, I have won the largest ever Northwest PTQ. Okay. But there's one more season, and sealed seasons that are big. Right. So, I may I may I may get to hold that title. And the other one is, I'm trying to figure out, like, who are the people in the world who have won the most PTQs? I mean, you've got to be up there. I think the problem is there. There's like a. What's the guy's, what's the Simon guy in Greece? Lovely oh, guy. Bart, Bert, yeah. Bertio or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he might have, like, won every Greek PT for the last 10 years. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's some areas where there's just, like, one guy. Right. Like, I don't know how, right. what. Ter Terry So has won some PTQs in his life. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'd be interested to see that number. So I, I mean, wanna, I want to see, like. And, and there's always Josh Rabbits. <laughs> Who has what, the most seconds or <laughs> well, Rabbits has won a few. Yeah. yeah. Um didn't but he trained for a little while. He, he was probably on the Yeah, 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 no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean so there's also going to be this like almost like almost like some sort of like Danish magic crime novel, which will be the last PTQ winner. Oh yeah. It's gonna be so sad. Right? It's gonna be probably someone in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Right? I'm assuming, like, you know, because, you know, some Hawaiian PTQ on the last possible weekend of PTQs. Uh-huh. And someone's going to win that, and they're going to win the last possible PTQ. Yeah. yeah. As we know them. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I guess, so, yeah, so someone's going to run theirs on Sunday just to be able to do that, right? Oh, yeah. Sunday I would, I would absolutely run mine on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, so, I didn't even think about that. So it's not necessarily Hawaii now. Yeah, yeah. There, but there might be... I, I mean, I think that those events are going to be huge. 
Like they're, they're, there's just gonna be strangely large PT kits. Which like, which is one, dude. Which is gonna be like, like actually good because people are gonna be like, oh my god, this is miserable. There's 300 people here for one <laughs> slot. I'm kind of looking forward to the PTQs. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like, I love the culture of PTQs. Right. I, I love that everyone at that level across the world is working on the same format and like writing each other advice and like I'm, I exchange decks with guys in other countries for PTQs that I know from the Pro Tour and like it's just it's just this this culture of, of the PTQ is awesome you go to like I know all the guys in Seattle and Vancouver that go to these tournaments because I've seen them for years and years I see them you know every season right and we become friends and then you know we qualify for the Pro Tour and maybe we work together we always work with guys from Seattle and will that die out over time as we have less of these events where we get together kind of right but, but, I mean, do you feel, I mean, obviously you qualified in a PTQ recently. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, lot, you know, I just drafted with you guys right. uh, last night at the, what is it, the Black Lab? Or the, the Lucky, Lucky Lab. Lab. Yep. Lucky Lab. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the guys in that group have qualified at PTQs. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in fact, you know, you, you guys, your, your play mat's going to become a little more poignant. That's true. Oh, yeah. We just had these playmats made, and maybe God, maybe we should wait a season to have them made. <laughs> uh, but they have, yeah, they have a big slice of cake, which says the Frosting Spells at Draft PDX, which is the name of our group, and then it lists all the pro tours since the group was formed, and then has which of our players were qualified, and we have at least one in all of them. Almost, almost all of them, we have two. There's only right. two, or only one. And so, like, you know, it's a way of saying, like, this is what we do together. We all, you know, work to get each other to the Pro Tour. And it's like a team effort. Right. Um, Which harkens back to a Top 8 Magic tradition of yes. having to buy people cake in yeah. your playtest group when, some, when you qualify for the Pro Tour. Yeah, because you, you never, you rarely, rarely, rarely see someone win these things alone. Right. Really. Like, right. one person gets invited by you and as a team. And that's yeah, one yeah. of the fun things about the yeah. PTQ circuit. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I really enjoy it. It was really nice to see that, actually, last night. Like, you know, like, all these people... Uh, uh, you know, one of your one of your multitude of Henrys, Henry Henry Friedman, <laughs> yeah, had, I, I guess just won his first PTQ he's ever won. Yeah, right. he just won last uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you know, two delicious cakes he, he provided. He did. He did. He did so a good that job. is that is infinitely more cakes than Wang has provided when he won <laughs> when he won his GP. Wang still has cake debt. He still has cake debt. God, so many debts that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so many debts. Uh, yeah. So what, what happened if Billy Moreno ever won a PTQ? Like, uh, did, uh, I don't again. know what you mean. Like, like would I? Would like, in I, terms of owing cake. <laughs> you'd owe a lot of people cake, right? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Billy. Um, yeah, so uh, should we should we uh, sit down here? We, we've arrived at our destination. Well, we're gonna, are we waiting for Seamus? For Seamus, yeah, we could, we could sit down and, yeah. and keep casting. Yeah, yeah, that's Let's what say, I was figuring. Uh, I'm going to check this person. Okay. Right. Didn't take long at all. No, no, they're gonna bring out some some menus for us. Okay. So uh, this is actually uh, takes us back to an earlier Top Eight Magic tradition of having music playing. <laughs> yeah, we, we are. We tried to find some construction to walk past while we podcast, but uh, no luck in Portland today. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of construction Over going on around. Division. There's always under construction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you do that later in the cast. Thank yeah. You. So, uh, so, uh, so, do you feel as a as a PTQ grinder? Yeah. I mean, that's that is you. 
uh, yeah, yeah, I, definitively a grinder, yeah. Uh, that you are punished or rewarded? Like, what's your instinct? Like, you know, like, I mean, and I'm not saying yeah. this even as a literal, like, literally punished, but, like, what's your immediate reaction like? Um, my, you know, all land or keep? Uh, <laughs> for me, this is, I think, probably more than a lot of grinders even, an all land situation. Because I, my whole relationship to the magic world has been built around the PTQ, and I've adjusted to it. It's part of my life. Like, I take a train up to Seattle six times a year, and I have friends that I stay with up there, and then I play the PTQ the next day. I go the day before, you know? Right. And, and I like these little trips. This is, like, the rhythm of my life. And it's funny, because, like, magic's a young man's game, but I've gotten old enough that I'm in my rhythms, you know? Like, <laughs> like I want things to be the way I'm used to. So... My first reaction is disappointment, um, be- just because I'm sad to see it change. Right. Um, also, you know, in recent years, I've had the PTQ circuit has served me pretty well. Right. Um, so uh, that part, I, I'm a little sad about. I think, in the long run, it's it's actually good for me. Okay. Uh, I think the ability to go. So it's all play. in, but you're playing a control deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an all, <laughs> all in, and I'm actually going to keep it. <laughs> um, no, I mean I. I wouldn't object if they change it back next year, but I think um, for for the purposes of like playing every weekend and like having the rest of your life going on, it's nice. You can you can maybe pick a format and play that format and go to the the, the tournaments that are that format. Right. You can mix it up. You have those people who only so play when limited. You, when you say that, playing all year. So advanced stores get one per season of these to run, mm-hmm. and they get to choose regardless of what the regional PTQ will be. Right. They get to choose whether their event will be modern, standard, limited. Or, or limited. Right. What do you think that percentage how do you, what do you think that percentage will break up into? I think it's gonna be my initial instinct is it's gonna be a ton of standard and limited and very little modern. Um, just because those stores want maximum attendance. And right. those can I interrupt you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want something to drink while you're waiting? Um, I do want a beer it is Stella, Coors Light, Paps, Oakshire Amber, Ninkasi Trace Aerox IPA, Smittix Irish Ale, um, Maripon Pale Ale, and Occidental Hefeweizen. Tricera Hops. Okay. Uh, I'm okay with water right now. Thanks. Gotta keep my head about me. It's like, you know. <laughs> hey, you have to I'm imagining that this was like Michael J. Flores. So, you know, I, need to, <laughs> I can't get tipsy because, you know, he'll just rest control. Yeah, it'll be back to LeBron. <laughs> Speaking of which. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, sorry. So where were we? Oh, we're, we're, talking, we're just talking about what, what do you think? What do you think the most common for? You think it'd be like fifty percent standard, thirty percent limited, twenty percent modern? The, the the initial thing is like just look at the attendance for those types of tournaments, right? Like as a as a game store um, owner, you want to have the most attendance you can at your tournament. Right. So that's a sealed. That says it's all going to be sealed, right? Right. Because people, everyone can play in that. Right. Thank you. Um, and, uh, but then standard, obviously a lot of stores have a big standard following people want to play standard. So there'll be a good amount of standard as well. And it's hard to imagine why anyone would decide to run modern unless they just have a really small shop and they kind of don't want to worry about the other but, but people seem to love modern right now. People seem to like do. love modern. Yeah. Right. Like everyone, I, I'm always shocked when I go to my local game store and you know, you know, you know, it's, you know, at 3 p.m. as you do as an adult. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> You know, and, you know, people are there and they're like, you have a modern deck? Do you want to play modern? And it's like, how many people just, like, 
like modern has become, I think, a, a, a more reasonable legacy. Right. It's also in, in other words, it fills the same slot that legacy fills, mm-hmm. but is accessible to people who are in game stores at three p.m. on an. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that, that whole thing of having a deck that you just refine over time. Correct. Right? Or standard, you have to stay updated on. That's true. Um, and and I think modern's a great format. So it may well be that that that's what happens is because um, you don't. Oh yeah. So so there's that effect for PTQs, right? The existing PTQs where you build your deck for the season and you play it, and so like you only have to build one deck at a time, right? Right. But if it's going on all year round and the formats are shifting, modern is the place where you can build your deck and keep it all year. Whereas standard, it's going to change too fast. Right. Um, so maybe yeah, maybe modern ends up being more popular. I guess there's in all of them kind of have a, a pull. Right. Um, but I I'm wondering so they're not Wizards isn't going to restrict it at all. Like theoretically. Every shop. No, this is area. this is gonna be a free market, Every, as our yeah. friends like to talk about. Uh, yeah, no, God, I, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that aspect of it. They, they said something about that in the in the article. Something implied they were sort of like right. a little like hint about free market. Yeah, and I'm I'm against it. <laughs> like <laughs> like I, if your area nobody's running sealed and you're like a limited only player, that's total bummer, right? Right, right. Um, and sealed, obviously, like the price is usually higher because you have to provide the product, so. Um, it may be that those get worse attendance, right? Because it's it's gonna attract more of the F and M crowd. I feel like when it comes to their local game store, they'll play, right? right? And that that part's kind of cool, uh, right? I I I, I, I kind of feel like I want there to be like two, like I, I kind of want stores to get two of these. Do you know oh. what I mean? I kind of want to see stores. I it, the thing that I worry about is just that it's. The, that it comes to, you know, the season comes and goes in your area, and like, how how many of these, you know, the well, stores, how many yeah. is, how many Vance stores are in your area? Right. Well, and your area includes obviously Vancouver and Seattle right. and you know whatever other areas. But I mean, I mean, what is it? It's thirteen weekends, right? So you have thirteen weekends in a season. I think Portland probably has three or four stores in the city limits, and another three or four outside the city limits that are going right. to qualify. So for, for, for me, in a relatively small, big city, most weekends I can find one right. um, without going too far. But for people who are in smaller cities, like, they're still going to be traveling, and they're going to be traveling instead of going to a PTQ for a pre-TQ. And right. that's like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's going to be, it becomes a, something that people are super excited to win, just right. like they are with a PTQ. Right. Like, I, like it, it feels like you get more cracks at, at a reasonable result. And like, the thing is, once you get to the event, once you get to the regional PTQ, yeah. and there's, let's say, just 150 people there, uh-huh. right? Which doesn't seem like an unreasonable number. It doesn't right. seem, And the number is clearly limited right. to how big that it can be. Yes, it's restricted, yeah. Um, you know, uh, let's just say it's 128. Which is uh, a good size. The, the, the size you want. The optimal number, right? And there's there's eight slots, mm-hmm. you know what 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 is what is that is that you know eight rounds? Not but what? I'm saying well what's your what is your, what's your number what's eight and one twenty eight? Uh, oh yeah 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 I mean you're at like six percent right yeah yeah six percent of the room is going to qualify right and so um I, yeah and that's great it feels like I mean there's PTQs and by the way if you know you get like some find a small number one. You know, you find one yeah, where like fifty rounds. people yeah. show up. 
Yeah. You know, and and four people qualify. Qualify. You, you know, you gotta feel okay about that too. Totally. And you know, like it, 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 I think of those as like those are essentially gonna be a lot like PTQs. And I feel like maybe a little bit like PTQs were when I was um, PTQing in the early 2000s when the game was growing less, and so a lot of the players were a little bit more veteran. You had right. less beginners in PTQs, so you had right. more rounds where your opponent was a little bit tougher. Right. But the tournaments are smaller. So, you know, at what rate could you top eight one of those? Well, that's going to be your qualification rate once you get past the pre-TQ. Right. Um, so, I don't know. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what effect it has on... Um, right. The pro tour scene as well, you know. Right. Yeah, we can just go out there for the barbecue right. and then come uh, back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's what's your reaction? You did you know this was coming? Um, I guess I I, I had some awareness of the possibility that something was going to happen to BTQs. I I felt like I was not at all surprised by this. Right. Part. That's what I mean. I, I mean, I, I I certainly heard people, mm-hmm. you know, what if? How could we? You know, <laughs> right. but I had no I had no. I certainly caught me as surprised by you this morning. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are often surprised to find out that I don't actually work for Wizards. <laughs> you're, you're too well connected, BDM. Too well connected. <laughs> I'm an independent contractor. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like I. I always liken magic. When so a lot of times, um, I don't know. Did you did you know um, Pat Donovan? Pat Donovan. No. New York player. He passed away a few years ago. A friend of friend of mine. Uh, at went to his funeral, mm-hmm. and you know. His dad, yeah, you know, got to talk to his dad a little bit. His dad had always, I guess, dad was very, like, almost like a caricature from a a, a novel, yeah. you know, in terms of like this corporate buzz cutted guy. And Pat was definitely not corporate n- buzz cutted. Not corporate yeah. buzz cutted. <laughs> um, and he just, you know, he really didn't understand what magic was, right? Right, and he didn't understand what made it such a big part of. Pat's life. Right. You know, and I had this sort of flash of, like, I can connect him to his son here mm-hmm. at this moment. And I was like, well, you know, you, you play golf, obviously, Mr. Donovan. <laughs> you play golf, right? Yeah. And, and he was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and basically, you know, magic is the PGA. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know, it, it's, you know, because anybody can theoretically play on the on the, pro um, on the pro scene in golf, yeah. you know, you could also just knock the ball around with your friends on the golf course. <laughs> sure. You know, uh, but you can also be serious and go. I'm going to try to qualify for an open spot mm-hmm. to get onto, you know, the, the the golf tournaments. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, I'll do well enough once I get there that I'll get on the golf gravy train. And he's like, Okay, yeah, yeah, you know, blah blah. And I'm like, Well, you know, your, your son, you know, won an opportunity to play on, you know. The the, 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 open, the, the yeah. on the open series, you know, he, he he qualified for a major. Yeah, and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. It was kind of like that's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. But but so that's I, I I like that you have that metaphor at your disposal. I don't I understand how golf works from what you just told me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you feel like you understand golf better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do understand golf better. I, uh, if I had a golfing family member, I would relate to them better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel, but I feel like, you know, the thing with golf is that there are a lot more. Golf is such a big thing, and there are so many people who want to get to that stage right. that there are more tiers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've always felt like that as magic grows. I feel where you're going here. Those tiers had to be introduced, right? I, I almost feel like 
I always wondered if there would be, you know, I always wondered if this would happen at the Grand Prix level. The Grand Prix would no longer be open. Right. Correct. You know, and and I and I think this is a better solution, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I but I felt like you know that it would be like you 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 know you compete for the right to go to a Grand Prix. Uh-huh. And and so in a, in a little bit like this, like regional PTQs are good prees. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, this is this this also harkens back to the old regional style of qualification where we used to have, uh, you know, for for U.S. nationals, right? You would qualify at regionals. Now you didn't have to qualify to play in regionals, but at the time regionals was usually about the size of these tournaments right. were expected to be the, right. the actual PTQs, right? Uh, and qualified right. forty eight. Um, I mean, also, like, I mean, there was, there was a time, you know, where there were four-slot PTQs. I, 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 my first uh, time I qualified for the Pro Tour was a two-slot PTQ. Yeah. I mean, there were there were two slots quite often, four slots somewhat rarely. Right, yeah. Yeah, I qualified for the first time in a Pro Tour at a four-slot PTQ. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. When was that? Uh, it was the second LA. Second LA. I qualified for the second LA, yeah. So slightly after the... Pro Tour where they had the phone call slot PTQ. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, did you get I a hold of someone? I could have qualified for that one, but I chose to, I mean, as, as a store owner and a yeah. tournament organizer, I felt it was more important to work at that event. Yeah. And, which is what I did. Yeah. So, I, you know, I judged at that event and, you know, uh, could tell you, you know, stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was insane. Yeah, it was insane. You know, they, they, they brought in a um, sleight of hand magician to train judge staff. That's awesome. Before the event to look for That is awesome. Card, you know, yeah, acts card and stuff. Yeah. Um and of service. Oh, we got a noise here. It's just, Ooh, that's stay, a bus. Stay, bus, stay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can like ding, 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 you know, not turn over. So but so yeah, with a sleight of hand, like was that training useful? No, because I, I remember I, I remember uh, Hey, Seamus. Hey. So we, we're, we're just getting to your ballywork. We're talking about... Uh, judging the first judging, pro tour. Judging the first pro tour. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that uh, Wizards brought in sleight of hand magicians nice. to like look for card acts. But I, I, re- I remember... Uh, I don't want to name names, but <laughs> a player in the Genius Division who, uh-huh. you know, uh, had, you know, like, it's like just the backs of cards. And <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, like, oh, here are my four Nevernals discs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know. For the priest leaves days, too. Yeah. This uh, was crazy. Oh, so, so okay. Uh, how do you feel about this? This yeah. is a difficult, like, um, magic social engineering issue I ran into recently. I'm just going to complain about something. This is a good Michael J. impression, right? Okay, sure. I was at the, I was at the um, pre-release. Yeah. And I uh, was playing against this guy. I, I came over to the table. He had been there for a little while, and his deck was presented already. And I sat down, and I, I was pulled out my deck, and I was sort of trying to be friendly. He's like, oh, you... Uh, you probably shelved him for a while before I got here, huh? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I, uh, it's, you know, generally polite to shuffle when your opponent gets here. And he was like, oh, okay. And he picked up his deck and he very, very slowly gave it two neat shuffles. <laughs> and presented it again. And I joked with him about how, like, at a, you know, at a competitive level event, like, you know, like, he'd be required to do more. And he didn't take a hint. So then I was like, yeah. Also, I mean, I would. Do, I guess I would just shuffle your deck at a competitive level event because, like, that's a rule. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I hate it when people shuffle my deck. <laughs> He's like, oh, buddy, now you're getting shuffled. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was like, oh, why's that? And he's like, oh, people, you know, they ruin your sleeves. Like, you're gonna buy me new sleeves? Do you shuffle my deck? And I was like, 
oh, you, you take pretty good care of your stuff, huh? And it's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm pretty gentle. Let me give it a shot. And I started shuffling this deck. And it was it was in good shape because he hadn't been shuffling much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, these are really smooth. You do take good care of them. Is this okay? Am I being gentle enough? And I shuffled them for a while while I talked to him. Game two. He does the thing where he's like distributing his lands through after oh, the game. Yeah, yeah. And then he like he like does this very dramatically long just three riffle shuffles. Right. And I, again, I was like, ugh, ugh, this is so frustrating. I, I mean, if so, I, my, my reaction when someone does that is yeah. to want to like pile them into three and then riffle. <laughs> and well, I would love to just hand the deck back yeah. to them at that point, but you can't do that. <laughs> right, right. But then yeah. just riffle yeah, yeah, from there. <laughs> so, 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 uh, what is that? Uh, give them a taste of their own medicine? Or, yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I actually had an etiquette, a magic etiquette question that, that came up for me. I was mm. in San Diego Comic Con this past weekend and uh, playing in a draft. Uh, playing pretty, you know, eight, you know, it's like an M15 draft. Uh, and my opponent has been pretty friendly, and mm. he and I both know the judge. And judging, I don't know, Seamus, if you've seen this at these kind of events, it's pretty casual. <laughs> a lot of players and a handful of judges. And... Yeah, and the, the, the judges, you know, so we're all just talking. And uh, it seems pretty friendly. He's an older player, you know, probably somewhere in his late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a kid, you know. And uh, he, uh, shut up. <laughs> An older play. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying not a, not a, not a, not a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a grown up. He uh, he taps out to do something. And I've been I've had this sort of board of like two you know couple of two twos couple of one ones and he's at seven and he's got like basically two wall of frosts. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe something else. I don't remember what it is. But basically, I draw, draw my turn. I draw a selfless Cathar. And I'm like, oh, okay. Attack with everybody. Uh, and he's just, like, trying to figure out, you know, his blocks. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, actually, you're dead. So I'm just going to sacrifice the selfless Cathar. I'm just going to do it now. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the best block you can come up with lets two one ones and a 2-2 two, two through. And after I activate the selfless Cathar, that's seven. You're at seven. You're tapped out, you yeah. know, you're dead. Yeah. And uh, he just goes into rage mode. You know, seethe mode, not really rage mode. He's just yeah. kind of like, turn red. <laughs> you know, and he's just kind of like, ugh, ugh. You know, starts shuffling for the next game. Really, like, animatedly. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like looking through his sideboard. We're and not like, friends anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you. And he's like, that's terrible sportsmanship. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, like, you know, if I was playing with you, like Gabe or Seamus, and like, and I didn't tell you you were dead, and I let you just kind of like fumble around with feudal blocks right. for two minutes of your life, mm-hmm. you'd be like, well, why did you just tell me I was dead? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that not true? Yeah, I mean, depend on the event, right? Uh, an eight, an eight yeah, four yeah, yeah, yeah. draft. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know. But when you tell me uh, activate birthing pod. I'm gonna go do this and this and this, and then you're dead. I might, I might give you those two minutes. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is just like elementary, like yeah, basic combat math. Yeah. But the like, pro- the problem with that is, is like, we're all so good at combat math. This is the thing. When is the last time you taught someone to play Magic? You probably teach people intermittently. Intermittent. Yeah. The wildest thing is how long it takes people to figure out combat, because you're like. 
but it makes, look, that one has this power toughness and this push charge early to block, and then you don't want to attack with that, you know? You're like, oh, why are you attacking with it? Don't attack with that. Right. Like, I, I kept attacking this guy's 07 glacial walls yeah. all game, yeah. and he seemed bewildered. Right. Right, you know, because while well, my guy's blocked. My guy's tapped, he's locked down. This is a Triceratops. Stella, Coors Light, Paps, Oakshire Amber, Ninkowski Triceratops IPA, Marathon Pale Ale, Oakshire Amber, Smittics Irish Ale, and Occidental Half Wise. Uh, Triceratops sounds great. Of the Half Wise. Um, <laughs> BDM's ready now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just. So, but I've been. What, what is your, like. What, what, what's the take there? Am I, is that bad? Is that poor sportsmanship? I could to, to tell someone like I, to sort I, of point out. I don't think the way that we usually play that that's poor sportsmanship. I think that that is uh, certainly a, a social risk, right? Because I think there's a level of that where like you, what he's hearing is, "Yo, dummy, didn't you figure it out? You're dead," right? Or <laughs> like if he's if somebody like. If there was a really complicated board and, and you and I are playing and you tell me a new way to look at it, you're like, oh, think of it this way. Now figure out your blocks. You figured it out, huh? You're dead. All right. Like, I'd appreciate that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I was just giving him credit for not being like, yo, dummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. I, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, like here, I, I assume that this is what you're going to. Thank you. I, um, we are going to want to order some food. Should we? Yeah, I'll pause this. Go to the TV. Right. Oh, it looks like our music has uh, actually been lowered, which is very nice. Our, our waitress uh, is very kind, and She's so you don't have to hear kind. about, you know, sex you up in the background <laughs> any longer while we're Which is talking. more embarrassing, sex you up or the flashbacks to the cranberries? Well, I see the flashbacks to the cranberries is going to make Michael J. very happy. That's okay. like... <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael J. is going to listen to this even though he's not on it, you think? I, I think he will. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would not. Like, the situation reversed, I would not. I don't listen to podcasts. I apologize. It's quite all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, my podcast is somewhat unlistenable sometimes, <laughs> depending on your taste. Sure, yeah. You said your 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 podcast mate can get a little uh a little uh, off color. A little salty. Yeah. Well, uh yeah. His his he language is creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh we uh we used to be named after Oh, I can I can just tell you on this. Our initial podcast name was This American Life Total. And after about 15 episodes, we did receive a cease and desist. Did you really? <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's because there was a podcast named This American Whore, which they found out about and they were like, ooh, awkward. We don't want to... <laughs> and that, This American Whore is actually about like the sex industry, like it's okay. a sex worker sure. doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And um, so This American Life, like, season desisted them and there was an article in the San Francisco Times or I don't know something like that talking about like how This American Life was like you know totally like beating up on the little guy right and mentioned that there were other podcasts <laughs> named after them that they had not gone after like my zombie podcast This and, American like, Afterlife This American Life <laughs> yeah this is This American Afterlife and This American Life Total they, they named us right in the article <laughs> did they and really? I was like That's awesome. this isn't gonna work and the next time we posted a cast, we immediately got a, a cease and desist. So now it's called Card Talk, the world's greatest Magic the Gathering po podcast. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I can understand why they would well, not want us associated with them at times. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about etiquette before the break. And right. I, I don't think 
the you were over the line, but I, I do think it's a sensitive, and I, I don't think it's surprising when uh, somebody... I, I apologize profusely to the I, guy. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to offend... Like, I didn't mean to offend him. It didn't even occur to me. You know, but, like, obviously he was offended, so it's, like, a possibility that I, I have to account for. When, when I think about how some players struggle with the complexity of anticipating what's about to happen in a Magic game, I don't think about how challenging combat is, because com- everybody can see that some point with enough stuff going on combat is difficult for anyone and and we learned shortcuts and we learned to like condense it but but what I think about is all of the years that I spent as a judge watching casual players in five turns where it's just absolutely clear nothing is going to happen <laughs> next three turns to cause either player's life total to swing by 16 or 18 points uh-huh. and yet we're going to play it out anyway because who knows what might happen? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what might happen? And, and I think that some people... Sh- Seamus just... Campbell unplugged. <laughs> Unstriped. <laughs> yeah. Some people just don't haven't reached the point of figuring out how to think ahead uh, in magic or sometimes in life. Uh, <laughs> and, and so when you say, look, it's obvious this is what's going to happen... Part of the reaction is just, well, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, so maybe part of the, the reason that this occurs, VDM, is because you're a little bit spoiled. Like, you play with too many experienced players. Sure. Right? Because I certainly, at a pre-release... I, I play with not, a range of players. I mean, I'll play Magic pretty much with anyone. With anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you know, I... Yeah, as far as I know, you play with Marshall, right? I, I have. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and he does not. He does not play with ornithopters. I don't know if he. Knows. Yeah, I. Some people just don't respect an ornithopter. I don't know. I don't know if he knows that it, uh, it costs zero mana. You know what else costs zero mana? Moxes. Black Lotus. <laughs> just, uh, just a little thing, little thing to think about there for you, Marshall. <laughs> uh, Allosaurus Rider. Uh, yeah. What is that card? <laughs> Isn't it like? Can you play? pitch a card to play it for free or something I, mm. I don't remember no I don't know there's some other cards yeah there's some other zero mana cards gush <laughs> gush gush my best finish at a pro tour ever four gush was there a psychotog involved there were four <laughs> <laughs> sir there were four there were also three sickening dreams in that deck my favorite pet cards okay anyway uh, <laughs> we're off topic we were talking about etiquette and like yeah, I think there's just like a like you told that story, and it's it's too bad that that guy got upset. And I agree with you. Like I would kind of want you to tell me. Right. At the same time, I'm not that surprised the guy got upset because I've dealt with some casual Magic players, and I'm like, you know, like depends on the level. I mean, I also I also have sort of an East Coast gruffness to my voice that disguises my sweet. <laughs> inner self. Yes. So I, I mean, I do know I could come off as kind of like demeanor. you're dead. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you could come off, you know, a little, you know. Yeah. Oh, sopranos. Yeah. Important detail. This was this was on the West Coast. This, this was, was on California. the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. You know my theory about the West Coast versus the East Coast. I don't. Which They're is about that three thousand miles apart. Yeah. You, uh, you've <laughs> heard this before. Then. No. Uh, you know, the East Coast is, is very gruff, but generally well-meaning. Right. And the West Coast is usually very polite, 
but ill-meaning. <laughs> Ill I'm talking specifically about like L.A. And, L.A. I was going to say, are you talking about L.A.? Of, and it's sort of like the, you know, the have a nice day, yeah. meaning go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah. in L.A. and go fuck yourself in <laughs> New York. have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah, day. yeah, totally. So, I like that. Yeah. But uh, and actually the other thing that was, the thing that was really, that I'm always, like I said, I'll play Magic. You know, I, I, side events at San Diego Comic-Con, great. You know, PTQ, great. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll just go play. And you see a wide range of play. And it's always interesting to me. You know, I, I did a, I wrote a column for Star City years ago where I was like, kind of like, I'd go to neutral ground, I'd play some magic with someone, or I'd watch people play magic, and I'd be like, person X, and not, you know, I hide their identity. Why did you make this play? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why did you do that? Right. <laughs> right? Why did you do this, like, blatantly wrong thing? Like, and not meanly, like, just really, like, why? Sure, I, Trying I to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, what What were you expecting to happen? Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of wanted to revisit that this weekend when people were playing Mind Sculpt in their decks <laughs> alongside Kinsbell Skirmishers. <clears throat> yeah, yep. You know, where they're just like, like, well, you know, okay, you're, you're playing 55 cards. <laughs> right. right. So I'm kind of curious, you know, what you couldn't cut. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you're like, turn two, mind sculpt you. Turn three, play a two drop. Right, right. A non-mind sculpt two drop. A non-mind sculpt yeah, yeah, two yeah, drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like tap them out. I'm like, oh, no, another mind sculpt. This might be scary, <laughs> you know. No. Nope. No. And, uh, and, you know, it's interesting. Like, what do you think is the thought process as you're building that deck? And, I mean, people do it in 40-card decks, too. I had, I had multiple people in the first round of a draft play a mind sculpt against me and then play like a two power creature the next turn right like what do you think is going on when I, people are building that deck like what are they expecting to happen they're they're looking at each card and they're dreaming about what what that card is for and how that card could just have its moment of glory and they're not thinking about that card in a in a broader context of right as a play, they're just like, this card was printed for a reason. <laughs> oh, that would be sweet. If I decked you? Yeah. Just made you run out. But this is the other thing. You know, like, some people, when they're learning magic, still think Mind Sculpt is a form of removal. It deals with the threat. Sure. Right? Sure. So Seamus was, and I were, were in a long drive this weekend after a wedding, and he was talking about the day, you know, early on in magic when he had, you know, he only had 80 cards so he had an 80-card deck, and he only had one Shivan Dragon. And he felt at a big disadvantage against the guy who had a 160-card deck with two Shivan Dragons. <laughs> right, because he draws a Shivan Dragon, and I, deal, I terror it or whatever. He still has a Shivan Dragon. <laughs> right. It's, it's what do you have? Like, but I like that phrase, though. You still have. Like, right. when we talk about right. that as competitive right. players, I, what I have is what's in my hand. Right. What's in, maybe what's in my graveyard. Regardless of whether or not you could possibly draw that Shivan Dragon and kill someone within the five remaining turns of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, you know, like you're running into like the fact that um, gaming is more accessible now. Maybe it's just a function of that. Gaming has become more accessible, more acceptable. So people who are playing games for fun are less afraid to sign up for a tournament and hang out with a bunch of sure. people who are all serious, right? Because you're, like people are playing and they don't know that Mind Sculpt is bad unless it's awesome. Right. They just and, think it's always awesome. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not a Mind Sculpt deck. Deck to, to, to draft. Oh, totally in the different. Format. Totally different. Right. Conversation. It's yeah. possible that sure. you know if you get I don't know how many mind sculpts do you need. To well, if your opponent's deck is forty cards. <laughs> they start with yeah, seven. Like, like, no. How many do you need to justify like 
building that like you're like I'm just gonna play coral barriers, glacial walls, and my peel from realities, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and mind sculpts. Like, um, I think you need three or four, and you need divinations too. Right. Um, and and other and like so. And an archaeomancer wouldn't hurt either. Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 did, I was doing chaos dresses, and all I wanted, all I wanted. Was you know an M14, M15, you know pack run where I went archaeomancer pale from reality. Is that too much to ask? Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, Is that old too school. much. No, that too much. That's not too much. No, no I don't think so. Not. No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> did you? You didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I, I did get. I did get like invasive species coral barrier. I got invasive species uh, yeah. Vidalcan dismisser. Ooh, which was which, that's pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. That's pretty fun. <laughs> I like invasive species. I do too. I had a, I had a, I had a one draft deck with like four of them, and it was never a problem. Too awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had a deck with two, and it was it seemed a little bit suspect, but I didn't have a lot of great ways to take advantage of it. Yeah, I gotta tell you, it is not as awkward as Seizeworm. Seizeworm <laughs> is really awkward. I I you know Zach, uh, we did an interview. I did like a. Uh, uh, coverage roundtable for like the event, and he was like, "Siege Worm is like the best comet." Like he's just like this, and I'm I I, I got you know I'm gonna pass them to him this weekend yeah, when we draft. Yeah, because it's it's I don't know like what do you like? I mean, I guess maybe you're green white and you've got like raise the alarms or but it's like uh, the I, best I, I, green white comet is divi- the divine verdict, right? Oh my like, god! No, that's like, not common, isn't it? I don't care. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's very very yeah, it's uncommon. That card is that card Dang. is ridiculous. Yeah, the the con- convoke is such a great mechanic in corset. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk more about the corset after we yeah. eat our burgers. Where are we? Go ahead. So we were talking about convoke cards, but we don't have to keep talking about convoke cards. That's fine. No, I'm I'm old school man. I cast myself with my lands. <laughs> Where are your lands? Are they in the front or in the back? Oh, what? <laughs> uh, they're they're in the back. They're closest to me. They're yeah. beta. They're beta. And they're on the table. <laughs> no playmat. <laughs> playmat? You're, you're making a playmat. Yeah, we're making a playmat. Well, I'm not making a playmat. I created something. I feel like I was basically the foundational person of Draft PDX, which is a thing that's going great. And I based a lot of it off of uh, things that I learned in New York from Fingal Draft. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and and found some great people to help me with it. And some of those people have decided to make a playmat celebrating our achievements. And you know what? I, I, I went hands-off for a long time until they were having problems with the catchphrase. I helped with that part because I didn't want a bad catchphrase on the draft PDX. On your playmat. Yeah, my playmat. <laughs> but I can exactly. take it, and I'm not the one who's causing it to happen. All right? I'll participate. All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. So you go to play in a pre-TQ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre-TQing, yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> pre-TQing. Yeah. And, you know, they have some pretty rough tables. Mm, yeah, they do. In, in you borrowed shops. a playmat. Wouldn't you? Me. Wouldn't you use a playmat? You know, I, for I, your for your like, you know, you get to play in some yeah. like pre-modern format. Like it's and you get to play with psychotogs and gushes. No, 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 no. It's 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 simpler than that. We went to Seattle. <laughs> big big RTR limited PTQ. <laughs> like three hundred twenty players. Three hundred twenty. Yeah, big PTQ. Yeah. Uh, part of probably the reason we have pre-TQs yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Gabe's sitting a couple tables away from me because our last names are alphabetically close. And it was the deck build. And it was the deck build. And he's like, this table is 
unworkable. And I'm like, jokingly, Gabe, you want to play Matt? He's like, hey. Yes. Head in hands. Yeah, look, I'm not... And then he blew up at the head judge about 45 seconds later, so... He was in a he was in a tough spot that morning. Yeah, yeah. I was there to win, and things were not going my way. <laughs> I had to use a playmat. My seal pool wasn't alphabetically sorted by color. You uh, didn't play any rares. I didn't play any rares. Uh, How did that PTU go for you? I referenced that PTU earlier when I talked about the largest PTU ever in the Northwest. Was the, uh, I won that one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, look. You know, I came to win that day, which is why I was being a jerk to the head judge. It's because things. <laughs> I could tell I was focused, you know, on winning, not on being nice. Okay. It's like it's like when a baseball player gets up there and he just starts like arguing balls and strikes with the umpire yeah. just to exert his will and to maybe like get a call later on in the day. Look, you see that. So, oh, this is perfect. We were talking about Damian Lillard earlier. Yeah. Damian Lillard's first NBA game a couple years ago. I was very excited. We were playing the Lakers, and in the first two minutes of the game, this is when Dwight Howard was on the Lakers. His first first season of the Lakers, I think. Yeah. And like two minutes into the game, this. Rookie point guard, six foot three, drives the baseline and gets met by Dwight Howard, and he just goes up to dunk on him, and he gets rejected. But he goes up one-handed, all out, like I'm gonna dunk on Dwight Howard. <laughs> gets rejected, and I was like, this guy is for me. <laughs> this guy is here to win. This this is a keeper, rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the attitude, right? Like you want to be there to win. It's, being a jerk is not cool. Don't be a jerk. Eh. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to win, try to win without being a jerk, if you can. I'm not always that good at that part. To answer your question, some LGS has horrible tables. I might ask one of my homies if they have an extra play mat. And if I don't get an extra play mat, I might complain to the head judge <laughs> about the quality of the table <clears throat> in a friendly way. Yeah. Gabe's a no, no play mat guy for the most part, but... When you were drafting with us, I noticed you took it to the next level. You were still old school, sleeve free. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and we pretty much all, pretty much everybody, except Skyler, who's uh, <laughs> very old school, brings the sleeves. So uh, I will bring sleeves if land is suspect. But instead of bringing sleeves, I brought my own land. So I had, you know, yeah. fresh out of the pack lands to yeah. use for my deck. I try to keep some of those on hand in case someone wants to do that, but you've always done that. No, I mean I sleep. I, I'll, I'll sleep in my deck if it's if it's if it's gruffy. But land. I'm just saying, like of all of the people in the world who play the magic, yeah, you're the one who's carrying around a sleeve of land. Oh, I carry around boxes. She probably of land. has yeah, yeah. more access than essentially anyone else in the world to yeah. fresh, <laughs> yeah, unplayed lands. I I, I mean Christine I leave lands. every every Grand Prix, every Pro Tour event. I I leave. I. You know, make off I just the, take. I just take. Like, first of all, the, the the tos don't want to take that land with them. Oh yeah, good point. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's they're at the end of the end of the weekend. There are lands there that they don't want anymore. Right? There's there's boxes of open land. Mm -hmm. There's you know an open case of you know land sleeves. Right. You know, and you can generally ask nicely, and they'll probably give you one. Sleeve of land. Yeah. You just have to have room in your uh, your bag to carry it home. Yes. And draft with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I always like to have clean land. I'm not I'm not uh, I don't like you know, I'm not I'm not like here is my lands, I have them sleeved. The pre sleeved lands. The yeah. pre sleeved lands and the you know, yeah. I, I can't I, I can't do that. I don't I also I don't believe any opponent has ever gotten over on me 
because I played Island 1 when Island I saw two. Island 2 in my hand last turn. You know, Scott McCord, Scott McCord drove, you know, drove that into me for a few years, right? Uh-huh. Like, I mean, Scott McCord was the first guy who really was like, play all the same Heartland. Same Heartland, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, if I'm, you know, I get back to the Pro Tour, I'm playing on Pro Tour, I'll use the same Heartland. I'll use the same Heartland. You know what? San Diego Comic Con, I'm not sleeving. Uh-huh. I'm, you're... You you you're lucky I'm even playing with Lance. <laughs> I like I like using same art land just because I it means I can know that each of the lands I'm playing is aesthetically acceptable to me. <laughs> so, so there's the benefit. Uh, but it always amazes me when I'm at a Grand Prix and I'm up near the land station and I see a Hall of Famer who's like, I just need three more minutes to find matching lands. And I think you couldn't bring those with you. Like you knew, <laughs> you knew ten years yeah. ago that you wanted matching lands, and yet you you're still, still shuffling through that pile right, right there. Right, right, right. So, so, I, I have two stories about this. One, finals of a PTQ. I see my opponent's hand with the thought sees early in the game, and later in the game, I make a very risky play with a misbind click. After the tournament, Conrad Coles is like, "You won the PTQ, but, but." That was a bad play. And I was like, no, no, I knew he had two lands in his hand. He's like, how'd you know that? I said, because he played the wrong lands. He kept the two <laughs> lands I'd seen. Okay, so that. All right. Uh, another story. <laughs> Last two weeks ago at the SEG, I was playing mono black, and I don't have enough of the same art lands. I was playing, like, a miscellaneous group of beta lands and some random foreign lands. Yeah. They're all swamps. And uh, Taya Steele was having none, none of it. She, every time she would be like, can you please get matching lands and finally she said alright if you top 8 this tournament you have to agree that you'll get matching lands and fill out that deck with matching lands before the top 8 well the top 8 was immediately after and I couldn't do it but um, so now I'm obligated to get matching lands yeah. and the punchline is you've tried and failed oh yeah 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 I ordered 12 ba- oh, I beta swaps <laughs> version 3 and I received one version 3 and a whole mixed pile of other shit I've got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got alpha lands I could get you alpha lands Oh, you know the problem no with deal. those. No deal. <laughs> the problem with those is is the rules say that if you have alpha lands in with beta lands, you have to sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a no, non-starter. Super awkward. Yeah, total non-starter. So I have I have these really sweet lands. Mm-hmm. I have Zendikar. Yeah. Cropped art lands. I've started collecting those. I have eight of every piece of art. I have, I have eight of every. So it's the Zendikar full art lands. Yeah. But they were released in a classic card frame. Sick. Yeah. So, and I have I have eight of each, which is not enough to play. No. <laughs> You're really I have, close. I have twenty each of two. I, I picked that's the, the the art I want in each color, and I found somebody on eBay, and I got red and green. I think. Yeah. Like. So I'm, I'm I starting down that I've never seen this. Yeah, what are they from? They're from like they're from uh, the, the intro, intro, packs. D- intro packs. They're not from. Uh, so it's you know the references the, to this. You, so you know and the really great like Zendikar Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see some of that art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're beautiful. They're super. They're super they, they are. They're beautiful, ways. and they are. They are. If you want to like, not only play correctly and have we have to all cut this out. Art, lands, yeah. We have to cut this out because I still need to find the the rest of those. <laughs> I'm also looking. It usually takes them a couple days to post these. Yeah, yeah. Service, but like, yeah, you know, they're very tilting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, 
Sadly, they're not white bordered. Yeah, no. <laughs> they would be the best lanes of all but time. I think they're more tilting than white bordered art for but most players. But if they were. Oh, if they were. Yeah. If they were, it would be spectacular. But, uh... <laughs> I, yeah, I do love a white border land. Yeah. So if I'm... Sometimes I'll build entire decks for, like, some of the younger players on the list who can't build modern decks. And when I do... I try to whiteboard a land them as much as possible. <laughs> but <laughs> you mark them. Just to mark them. You just to mark is, them? We, we took we 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 sent a, a Splinter Twin deck to the last PTQ with one of our younger players and Natty Leaf. Natty Leaf, and you took out my whiteboarded uh, Blood Moon and replaced it with two because we were a Blood Moon short, and instead of mix the the whiteboarded and the blackboard, I you did. Gave I gave two, two blackboarded. Blackboarded. But we were talking uh, on our long drive. I gave him unlimited basics. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking on our long drive about how great it would be if if white-bordered blood moons made your opponent's non-basic lands into white-bordered well, mountains. They do. <laughs> <laughs> just bring, like, a stack of revised mountains, and when yeah. you play it, just put them on top of all hands <laughs> like tokens. Sorry, you have to use this. Yeah. Have you, have uh, you seen Kevin Ahn's white bordered commander deck? Oh, wow. It, it is super tilting again for people. <laughs> if you just got a white bordered force field for it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's re it's really good. And people just are like, oh, God. He's got a white bordered Sulkinar as his commander. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's, it's pretty magnificent. I always found it when, when I was playing a lot of Commander to be convenient that I only had white border duels because when I, I cracked a fetch, it was like... That's what I have. That's what I do. That's why I keep a couple of unlimited basics around for those decks where you're cracking. Cracking fetches. Mr. Seamus, uh, people might not know, you know, people listening to this podcast who play at Grand Prix and go to events may know you, but you're, you've, you've transitioned. What, what's your story here? You... Like so, uh, I celebrated uh, my my tenure judging anniversary a couple of years ago. Um, some of the events you've had judged. So some of the events I've had judged include uh, the Champions pre-release in Portland <laughs> and <laughs> uh, GP Vancouver uh, in in two thousand eight and. Uh, GP Hanover when we didn't have any prizes that was Ooh, an exciting one that sounds like a fun <laughs> one they called me down on on Friday afternoon they said we think you should come down to the site uh, the site manager is in the hospital having his appendix removed and the police just came by and we have no prizes uh, so, gotcha so and I, we're out of milk <laughs> So if you could pick up some milk on your way to the event, that would be great. So yeah, I, I was kind of, there was a while after uh, we lost a bunch of judges in Portland to um, Upper Deck. We had some, we had a great judging staff here, several L3s uh, who moved to San Diego um, shortly after I moved to town and, and I kind of, I got to be the, the guy in Portland and that's when I got to know Gabe. Uh, it was a good fertile, fertile time. I used um, to complain to him about my unsorted sealed decks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, 
I think of myself back then as as kind of a, a judge robot. Like I was still fairly new, but I I felt like I established a lot of trust with the players because they were like, this person is capable of of any sort of bias. Like all he thinks about our rules. <clears throat> And eventually, like I grew through that, and I got in re- pretty involved with uh, with traveling to to the Pro Tour and Grand Prix, and and uh, I was the editor of of Judge content on Star City for a few years, and and ran Ask the Judge, uh, and uh, and you were one of feature how many level fours in the world for a while? And then we, I mean, there were about a dozen when yeah. I was uh, a level four, and then I, I now there's eleven. <laughs> I took some time off uh, to write a book about beer, um, and which I, I have now. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's called it's the Beer funny. Trials. Uh, it's available it's from funny. fine booksellers. Uh, <laughs> it's getting a little old. It was 2010 when that came out, and I uh, and I finished that. And then uh, instead of getting diving back into judging, I started a business, uh, writing. Uh, iPhone and iPad software. It's called F13K. It's called <laughs> Tiny Heavy Laboratories. And if uh, if you if you need work done, please uh, feel free to look me up. Um, we we always forget to pitch it on my podcast, which is sponsored. Yeah, so we're going to pitch in here. <laughs> and uh, my my certification recently lapsed, which was a little bit of an accident because I've been trying to to stay somewhat involved. And I just decided, like, I'm having too much fun playing at events and uh, drafting every week. And so I'm, I may may find my way back into judging down the road, but I'm not worrying about when that happens or how. I'm just drafting. And, but but, and you've been trying to get to the Pro Tour, right, as a player. I've been playing in all the limited uh, PTQs. I just had a season where, where every PTQ I finished with five wins. Like... Seven and, round PTQs mostly. Yeah. So and half, so half a win away. So not, I'm not killing it, but like I feel, I look, I look over my records, and every season I'm, I'm doing a little bit better, and and, um, you know, I, I play, I play against myself. Like, I just want to understand the game, and I would love to play on the pro tour. I've, I've been to a lot of pro tours, um, more than, more than Gabe. Not as many as Brian, uh, and and I'd like to go to more. Uh, I probably won't count this weekend, even though yeah, I'll be yeah. there. Uh, but it's a great game and it's in a great spot. And so, so, but as someone who's trying to get to the pro tour, and you know, maybe not as much as of a grinder as say Gabe is, how do you feel about the PTQ to pre-TQ changes? What is that? What does it feel like to you? Does it feel like all land, or does it feel like a capable hand? That was the question <laughs> I asked Gabe earlier. I think it's good for somebody who is at at my level, and I I'm not going to make guesses about whether it's good. I, I think it's good for the program as a whole because mm-hmm. I think it it makes PTQs more accessible to people who who are not quite competitive enough to want to go to Seattle and play in a 320 player event, uh, and so. I think it's going to grow attendance overall. Uh, and for me, all I want is more reps. Like, if I can if I can go every weekend... I was playing in every Magic Online PTQ back when Magic Online had PTQs. Uh, not because I thought I was going to win. Well, appa- apparently, you know, cryptic things from Worth on yes. Twitter today, apparently there's going to be some announcement about... 
Magic well, Online and PTQs leagues? tomorrow. Leagues? Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't talk about how this we, is essentially like the model they were introducing for Magic Online, right? They were going to have like the little tournaments during the week before the PTQ right. that you were playing. And so somebody made a joke on Twitter that that meant that this, what we're doing now, is essentially mimicking the MTGO model. So during the tournaments... We could expect power outages. <laughs> power outages around five or, around five or six. <laughs> tournaments canceled. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so I think for me, like, more... All I want is more PTQs in my life, right? And and as somebody who has been just focusing, I think I think so. (laughs) But just focusing on limited PTQs, uh, the the potential is for that number to more than double. And the best thing that I can do is play against good players in competitive situations. And so I'm not worried at all about whether this gives me more or fewer opportunities to qualify. It gives me more time playing against good players in situations where it matters, and I think that's the best thing for me that I could ask for. Uh, I think a lot of people are worried about what does this mean for my EV or my percentage right now, and that seems really short-sighted. Sure. I mean, the reality is if you get to the the re-TQ, <laughs> the retq, the retq, yeah. the you know the regional ptq. Yeah. Uh, you you have like you know, assuming it's 128 players, you, you have like a one in 16 Chance, shot, yeah. right? Yeah. Which has got to be better than you were looking at at your ptq. Depends on the person, right? Right. But yeah, I think like that's one of the things is you know, somebody's playing someone in a, in a ptq, and you know that that person believes they have a zero percent chance of winning. Right. And you're not going to see that person in the the regional tournament. Right. But but is that so for you, Gabe, is yeah. that better? Like is it better to go into a field and know that everyone there is kind of like sort of made their bones to, to be there? Like Cert- yeah. Like is it a more predictable field? Is it more is it a more I I don't know. I I'm not sure yet either. I think I think it is a more predictable field and I think it's still a very winnable tournament and certainly if you if all you have to do is get to the top eight like great like coffee for eight you know right uh but um i i i feel confident anytime i go into a a tournament of that size at that level that i can do i can get to the top eight at it so sometimes sometimes you run bad for a couple rounds and it's just just done and that's heartbreaking right and then you're done for the season but but what what we're I think losing talking about these changes is also like now the changes to GPs and PTs. Right. So the, they increase the number of GPs by fully 20 percent almost, right? Forty six to fifty four. Yeah, it's fifty four. Yeah, it's fifty four GPs next so year. So twenty percent increase in GPs. That's, that's a lot. That's a big increase. Yeah. Yeah. And, increase some payouts at the top end. Right, and standardized. Invites based on record. overall record and not tiebreakers. Right. Right. So, so that's a big deal. Which also disincentivizes people from trying. Yes. Which right. is a little more exciting yeah. for everyone because it put, that pushes down. Now your your advantage of drawing at every level changes. Right. So yeah. Um, I I mean I think like I think that part is great and I think it, I wish it had been that way a long time ago. Yeah. And, I, I wish it had been that way at every tournament in terms of, like, final record as prize payouts for, like, PTQs, right? Right. 
the poor ninth place person who has the same record as everyone in top eight and got daggered and got less prizes. You're like, jeez. I'm still I'm still wanting to fight for payout by record at pre-releases. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, don't they do payout by record? Some do. Some do, and many don't. It's and just really? it's it's yep. more challenging for the stores, and because they have less experience than the the PTOs, like it's way less likely to happen than it was. Oh, I thought it was always like go four zero, get this many packs, go three zero one. Well, you you're a lucky guy. You've been to, to shops that know what they're doing. <laughs> we we experience this one every time, you know, like the. Like, uh, we all right, don't mention any so, names. So but. you got three zero one. That means you get to roll three and a third dice to determine. <laughs> yes, that. exactly. Whether you get uh, eight packs right. or 13. nineteen. Nineteen or nineteen gate crash packs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Here's a, an interesting thought. Like one of the concerns that we had about the um, the pre TQs was that there would be less travel and less like camaraderie and um, sort of interaction between like the best players in Portland, and the best players in Seattle, and the best players in Vancouver. Uh, but I wonder if a regional PTQ will mean that the four or the eight players who huh? qualify will have this sudden affinity. Bond. Oh, wow. And they could work together and form a team. Where, wow. where like, one of the things... I might do some coverage this weekend at the, the Pro Tour, and one of the things I was thinking about writing about is uh, is people who are at their first or their second PT and how they prepared and who, like, they, worked with. who they worked with and how they what the process was like. And I wonder if this might really be... Like, we've always had a little bit, and it's it's somewhat... It's just entertaining, but it's also there's there's some substance to it. Like we want the Portland people to queue, and we hope the Seattle people like have bad days, and we yeah, hope the you Vancouver. Want, you want them to get stuck in traffic? Yeah. Right. Don't even show up. Uh, I want to beat them. <laughs> I want to beat them. I want. I I do not want them winning our PTQs, and I want to take all of their PTQs, all of them. <laughs> I'm serious about that. I I'm like I think I might be the. Do you do you have, the, do you have a the, special do you have a banner leader? Do you have a that? special morsel? Is there like a special Seattle like delicacy, like someone oh, that you can beat I'd, in the last oh, round? Can there you, is, there is. But <laughs> I, wait, you won't say. I, I've knocked Martin Goldman Curse out of a couple of tournaments, <laughs> and he's knocked me out of a couple. And uh, I think, I think in terms of like top eight matches, I'm ahead. So we'll call that one good. <laughs> uh, Mar- Martin's a great player, but he he and I both are obvious uh, often in like top eights of right. local ones. So he's one that you know so I see a, him in the room. So it's a little bit of the old neutral ground, your, your move games rivalry yeah. match. Yeah, but it, you, for us, it's it's Portland Seattle. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think uh, anything that that leads towards more people focusing on playing Magic uh, and like building those bonds is good for the game. Right. And it's good. It's it's great when the best players can show up and demonstrate that it's a skill game. And it's also great when Alexander Hayne can show up with his team and be like, you know what? We're not intimidated and we have spent a ton of time practicing and we feel pretty good. Right. Yeah. Like, it, those are both stories that are good for the game. Right. And if, if we can say the Northwest got eight slots... And everybody was like, "Let's make a deal. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna waste this top eight. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's great. But you 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 work with Team TCG player a lot. Gabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, is there is there a 
sense of, oh, everyone's talking about Channel Fireball and the Pantheon and we have something to prove also. I mean, is there, not, not, not saying that you're, not saying that those guys don't deserve it, but is there a sense of like... On TCG? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. I mean, these are competitive players right. who believe in themselves and who are really good and they have some amazing players on the team. And you, and you think when Craig Wesco won that Pro Tour, all of TCG wasn't like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we got him. We beat, we beat Channel Fireball's best player on the way there. Right. right. Oh, by the way, yeah. By the way, yeah. we beat Josh yeah. Arderley. By the way, we beat Josh Arderley. Yes, sir. With a guy who refuses to pick his decks according to what's good. <laughs> Just according <laughs> to what color they are. We still got you. No, I, yeah, totally. We have a, a, a huge point of pride on TCG player. And um, that's a really interesting team because it's right there. You know, a really good results. Put people in the top eights of most of the Pro Tours since they've started. Better than half. And... Um, uh, but yeah, all, also feeling like second class citizens, like we're not Channel Fireball. It's hard for that team to keep consistent membership tournament to tournament because they have no Hall of Fame players. Right. right? Like, and that, that consistency that Channel Fireball A and B get from that is, is, is tough to compete with. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting too, you know, um, that team is new and is trying to figure out what it is and isn't location based and doesn't have a single thing tying it together. Um, and so one of the things that happens often is that they get the regional buddy. We often say, like, who can be on the team this time? Well, you can't have too many people. It just becomes chaos. Right. But if you are uh, friends with Craig Wesco and you live where Craig Wesco lives and you can help Craig test, you're much more likely to be on the team. Right. right? So, and that's, that's kind of a neat thing that happens with that team is you get folks that you've never met before who are the first pro tour who get to be on what I think is one of the best teams in the world. Right, right, right. Yeah. Of course we want to be Channel Fireball. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be like, eh, whatever. I mean, we're just like, they're a team, you know, those are players like any other players. There is like a little bit of a beacon, like a little bit of a spotlight on them Yes. when you're, when you're playing against them. Yeah. Or, 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 or even like in the standings against them. It's more about the standings, but yeah, certainly a head-to-head matchup, you, you want to get it. Whose mustache finishes higher? <laughs> is, is it Conley or, or Ochoa? I mean, it's not Conley. <laughs> I mean, if we're going on mustache metagame, yeah. uh, it's not Conley. That is that is a uh, that is not a well play tested mustache. So, so on on the, the it's, it's it's better than it's better, uh, yeah it's better than my mustache. I've grown a mustache recently. I lost a bet. It's, it's, it was a thing. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. Yeah. Uh, the at, in in Atlanta, I asked some members of TCG Player to rank the members of TCG Player the top three most hipster, and the answers were wildly consistent. Yeah. Okay. It was me, and then there were two other guys, uh, Basil and Brendan, both pretty new to the Pro Tour. Right. Basil very clearly hipster. Brent, Brendan, not Brendan. Brendan, yeah, Brendan Dean Candia. Yeah, and uh, so I asked a bunch of people. I didn't ask either of them. As soon as I asked. Basil, Basil was like, okay, well, you, me, and Brennan, right? He was totally on board. We asked Brennan, and he was like, what's a hipster? <laughs> well, Brennan, so Brennan's from Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. He he actually, like, knew my niece. Your niece? Yeah, my niece. Like, my my Here. family's in Tampa. That's right. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. But my niece like, oh, yeah, I met this guy. He plays magic. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. He's a good player. Yeah. She's like, what is, she's like, oh, I'm going to put it, you know, talk. I've, I've actually talked, she, she likes nerdy guys. I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've talked to a number of magic players. Like, oh, your uncle is so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. And so she's always like, 
Yeah, the, I've talked to them on the phone a couple of times, and, uh-huh. and the phone. She's like, "What did you say?" And I said, "I said I'd fucking kill them if they touched her." <laughs> <laughs> she like, did you really? Slowly, like, no. Uncle didn't work out so well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> nice try, kid. <laughs> so, so yeah, Brennan's got a beating coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're listening, Brennan. <laughs> is he is he qualified for uh, for this one? I, I think, should I mean, know, but he don't. just he just keeps winning PTQs. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset I'm not playing this weekend. Uh, so, what, what what predictions do you have for Pro Tour M15? Like, is it is it like the entire metagame versus Black? Mm, I think Black is the f- defining deck. I think because people make safe choices on the Pro Tour who aren't used to being on the Pro Tour, there will be a lot of Black. <laughs> And then the whole game is, can you build a deck that beats both Black and Black's Predators? So, Blue-Eye Control is the most obvious Predator for Black decks, and can you build a deck that beats both of those? If you can, you should, and you should play it. Is, is, is Blue-White Control the Predator for Black more than Red? Uh, burn? Yeah. Um, burn might be a very good Predator as well, yeah. Um, I don't... Pro Tour players don't like to play those decks. Sure. So then... You know, you get a small group of folks who are making that plan, but, you know, like, I feel like you're way more likely to see people play Islands to try to out-metagame than to play Mountains. Um, But there's a couple of cards in M15 that I think are really interesting. The the guy that searches up auras. Yeah. Heliod's Pilgrim. Yeah, Heliod's Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Could very well just be, like, the defining card. What do you get with him? Uh, Well, you can get Chain to the Rocks. Okay. Uh, which is pretty good. It's yeah. Path to Exile. You can, as long as you're playing red, you can get the thing that um, enchants a land and turns it into a 7-7. Okay. Which is a card you can go ahead and play in a deck when you have a card like Heliod's Pilgrim. Right. Um, you can get, you know, your pacifisms. I, I don't know what's in the format. I'm sure that exists. Um, I, I think I think pacifism maybe is in the format. Um, yeah, and there are... There's an arrest. Arrest is in the format for sure. Arrest, right. There's a there's ethereal armor, which if you're playing a Heliod's Pilgrim, you're probably playing a bunch of other little junky creatures. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of options. And I don't know, it took people forever to figure out Stoneforge For- Stone Mystic. Right. It's not going to take them as long to figure out I mean, people. I, I got to tell you, we, we, we did a draft last night, and I played against a black-white deck. Uh, and I forget who was playing it, but I felt very lucky to get past it. Was, uh, it, was it John Metzger? It was John Metzger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had the life gain deck. Yeah, he had the life gain deck. He had two. In the first draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had two of the angels that reset your life total. <laughs> Which is rare, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he had like two, maybe two, maybe three Heliod's Pilgrims. I guess he had two Heliod's Pilgrims. He had two Pilgrims. Pilgrims. He had like three crippling blights. Yes. And, uh, you know, like oppressive rays. And he was just able to, it was just like, actually, like... Getting a Crippling Blight was just terrific. It was just like, okay, right. you know, play Helios Pilgrim, go get Crippling Blight, attack past your guy, or kill your guy, or... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was really good. Yeah, and there's also the, the common flyer with lifelink, and then a Johnny's Pride ma- an Uncommon, which is a great way to start a game. You go, like, one guy, then the other. And you, you immediately make a 3-3 three, three out of him. Um, all right, well, I think we're, we're supposed to go visit TCG Player now. Yay. Okay. Uh... All right, cool. So for Seamus Campbell, Gabe Carlton Burns, Brian David Marshall, signing off for Top 8 Magic. Uh, thanks for listening. Put a, put a bird on it? Is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> put a bird on it.